0: Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is Session 28. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. In this session, we're continuing on in our study of Matthew. We'll be looking at chapters 23, and perhaps we'll get into 24 and 25. Remember, we're in Holy Week, or I should say Jesus is in Holy Week, and he's kind of finishing up his teaching, if you will, uh, prior to his being arrested and uh, you know going through the the suffering that he goes through, so he's finishing up his his teaching um, and he makes he's he's telling the uh, the disciple he speaks he speaks to the crowd and the disciples and he's warning about the scribes and the Pharisees and he says you know they they talk a good game. But they they don't really live up to it, right? He says, "Do and observe all things, whatever they tell you, but do not follow their their example." Uh, they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. So in other words, the, the, the religious garments that they're wearing, they want you to, uh, to uh, have uh, awe of them be, because of that. And so because of that, he goes on in verse 9, he says, Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. So let's discuss this, because you may have Protestant friends who like to point out a verse here or there, and say, well, you know, your Catholic teaching goes against what the Bible says, because can't you read? It says in verse nine, call no one on earth your father. And yet you call a priest father. So let's, let's unpack that. First of all, um, we, we have to look at the context in which this was, uh, was spoken by Jesus. He's talking about priests who who have an overly developed sense of their importance, okay? And for them, shame, shame, shame. Just as uh, with ourselves, if we have an overly developed sense of our own importance, if we think we we are morally superior towards others, um, you know, that's a strike against us, isn't it? Um, but let's look at the specific words that are said so that we can answer our, 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 our Protestant friends. Call no one on earth your father. Yeah, but one father on in heaven. So I'm going to give you three verses that will show perhaps a different way that Jesus means this. First one is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. This is where none other than Paul is talking to the Corinthians, and he says, I became your father in Christ through the gospel. So Paul is saying, hey, I'm like your father in faith. Secondly, another verse um, would be 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, where Paul, the, again, the Apostle Paul, is now talking to the Thessalonians and says, we treated you as a father treats his children. So once again, the idea of Paul feeling like he's the father of these children. And then another one would be uh, in the, in the, in the uh, book of uh, Philemon, verse 10, very short uh, little letter that Paul writes again. And he's writing about uh, this um, slave uh, whose name is Onesimus. Uh, And he says, Onesimus, whose father I became during my imprisonment. So again, this is Paul talking. So three times where Paul is saying, hey, I'm basically your father in in the faith. Um, If you want even a, a more direct example, we could look back at Matthew chapter three, verse nine, where in this same book that we're just reading now, where Jesus calls Abraham Father. So what's the message here? Again, our Protestant friend might be a little skeptical on on this, even though you have the potential to give him four verses. Well, one idea is that Jesus, as we have already seen many, many times, speaks in hyperbole to get your attention, doesn't he? So the underlying message is, no one should lord over others a a title, if you will. No one should expect extra preference because of, of their title. And yes, there are priests, yes, there are Catholic priests, who are perhaps overly proud of their title, and they think that they should be almost bowed down to because of that. Um, no one should prayerfully desire titles of honor. Having said that, these are, these are men who have devoted their lives to following God. And so in that context, they are the father, they, they are a father figure to us in that they have the truth of the Catholic Church to share with us. Also, remember that Jesus spoke many times in hyperbole. We've seen it before. You know, an example would be Jesus saying, Hey, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Okay. He doesn't really mean that. He, he wants to get our attention. Okay. So if you were to say that today and we said, Hey, could you expound on that a little bit? He, he might say, uh, do not, do not give undue, um, uh, Reverence to any human being, that doesn't mean do not respect other people. Do not address them with a, uh, uh, you know, with with a sense of of, uh, of honor. Okay, so I hope that uh, clears that up. In other words, don't put any don't put anybody on the level of God, if you will. And perhaps some of these Jewish people, when they'd see the high priest or whatever, they thought, well, this guy's like God. So just like our Pope, yes, he is our Pope, but he is not God, okay? He is not divine. So do not uh, uh, do not revere him in that sense of the word. And he goes on and says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So again, if you're going to be a priest or if you are a priest, you you minister to your flock for the right reason, not because... You desire uh, to, uh, you know, a special place of, of honor or self-aggrandizement. He goes on; he's got a lot of lessons here in this chapter twenty-three for for the scribes and Pharisees, you know, or or the religious authorities of the time. And he says, uh, in, in in essence. Um, He says, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of plunder and self-indulgence. I'm reading from verses 25 and 26. Blind Pharisee, cleanse first the inside of the cup so that the outside also may be clean. So if Jesus were talking to us today, he might say, hey, Catholic, yes, you ha- you're ma- you at Mass every Sunday, and you sit there for an hour, and you want to be seen, and you want to be seen as a good Catholic. But what are you doing when the cameras aren't rolling, so to speak? What are you doing outside of church? Uh, I-, I want you to have a pureness of heart, not merely just go through these motions and feel like that you're pleasing me with that. Come to me with a clean heart. So if there's something you need to clean up, well, you know, confess it, um, deal with it, and and move on. Uh, and he gives another example. You're like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones. He's kind of saying the same thing, right? Um, you know, be on the inside what you profess to be on the outside. Then... Um, we get into chapter 24 and, uh, it says that Jesus left the temple area and was going away. And, uh, and when his disciples approached him to point out the temple buildings, he's, you know, they're saying, wow, look at these temple buildings. They're really cool. Cause again, the apostles, you know, they're from up North. They're not from the big city, right? So they, they think the temple bu- buildings are really cool. And verse 2, Jesus said to them in reply, You see all these things, don't you? Amen, I say to you, there will not be left here a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Of course, we know from history that the very temple that they're referring to was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, which is within probably about 40 years, give or take, of the, of the death of Christ. In fact, um, there are some scholars who say that the book of Matthew was written after 70 AD. And so this was, uh, look at Jesus looking back. I mean, Jesus saying it, uh, before 70 AD, obviously, but, uh, it may have been written after the temple was destroyed. And that being the case, the apostles could say, see, he said this 40 years before and it really did happen. It doesn't really matter to us when this book was written, because all buildings are destroyed in our own lives. I mean, I, I had a 4,000-square-foot house one time, and, uh, you know, it was quite spacious, uh, obviously, uh, 4,000 square feet, and it had all the bells and whistles and all that sort of thing. But it'll fall down one day, We must remember that the earth is not our home. We're going to spend eternity in heaven. So why not build on that rather than what will fall down? Okay. And so then they ask him, you know, what will be signs of this uh, coming? And we see a bunch of of signs that, uh, you know, Christians will be persecuted and false prophets will arrive will arise this has been happening you know for the last two thousand years okay so don't 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 be when we when we uh, get further on let's say in the book of revelation if not before you know we'll talk about the end times a little bit but um, he, he doesn't really give away the the store here it doesn't really give away the ending does he uh, by giving any specific things but one thing is worthy of mentioning And that is verse 13. So all this bad stuff's going to happen, he says, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. He who perseveres to the end will be saved. Underline that, okay, in crayon. He who perseveres to the end will be saved. So this flies in the face of those Christians who, who've adopted a, a doctrine that once saved, always saved, we agree with that, but in a way different way than they do. They say, once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, once you pray this prayer, that you are saved. And we'll develop this more as we get into uh, some of Paul's uh, epistles. But um, uh, um it is true once once you uh, once you come to know the Lord, we would say through the sacraments or through uh through prayer, etc, um, you've started down on that path, right? But as with a parable that Jesus told us earlier in Matthew about the, the seed that falls on the road, and it's uh, one of the examples was the seed falls on by the side of the road and it grows up and uh, it, it initially sprouts, but then it it uh, dies out. You know, the thorns get it and it dies out. Um, we have to persevere to the end to be saved. Uh, it's our salvation is at a moment in time, but that would be at our death, right? Assuming that we are are walking in in faith with God. So don't don't commit the sin of presumption and say, "Okay, I'm already saved. Whatever I do from this moment on, uh, I know I'm, my place in heaven is secure." Because you can always turn your back on God. Don't do it. But hence this saying about, uh, one who perseveres to the end will be saved. And hence also, uh, the example that Jesus gives in the parables about the, uh, the seed that starts to sprout and is then choked out. Okay. And he says, uh, watch out, you know, the, um, you know for this uh, desolation of, of abomination spoken through daniel the prophet standing in the holy place uh, that's from uh, daniel chapter 12 verses 11 um and on there verse 19 um and on he he basically says woe to these coming days um and Verse 22, if those days had not been shortened, no one would be saved, but for the sake of the elect, they will be shortened. So uh, we know in the short term, Rome is going to, uh, the the Roman government is going to destroy the temple in 70 AD. Uh, The Jews will be kicked out of that area shortly uh, after that and, and around that time. So that was is one of those uh, desolating abominations, and life will be difficult for us as Christians. It is now in our own society; our um, our freedoms are constantly being threatened, even in America. But if you look throughout the rest of the world, um, there will be persecution coming. But we keep going back to this verse thirteen. But the one who perseveres to the end. Will be saved. So remember, this earth is not our home. We must persevere through whatever is uh, in front of us. Uh, the apostles were uh, the persevered. In fact, uh, all but uh, one of the true apostles was uh, martyred for the faith. Hopefully, that won't happen to you. But if it does, uh, remember you have eternity to look forward to, where there is no pain, there is no there is no suffering. Okay, um, moving on to verse 34, he says, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. You know, uh, all the all the bad stuff. Well, again, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, but Jesus is the new temple, if you will. He's the one, remember, at the beginning of this chapter, the, the apostles are marveling, at the beauty of the temple, uh, almost as if uh, it is something in and of itself to, uh, to worship. I'm sure they didn't worship the temple, but they held it in very high regard. And Jesus is saying, I am the new temple. In fact, in verse 35, he says, Heaven and earth will pass away, just like this temple will, but my words will not pass away. So we don't get impressed so much with buildings. We don't get impressed with much with on this what's on this earth, because it will all pass away. But Jesus' words will not pass away. Um. So I think we've completed what we want to do with uh, chapters twenty three and twenty four. We're going to come back next time to chapter twenty five, where we will look at. Uh, in, in essence, the or I'd say the essence of Jesus' social teaching so so important. So, um, how do we apply this? Well, uh, Lord, help us to be ever vigilant. Help us to persevere. It's not always easy. We have people in our family. We have people in our lives who may uh, ridicule us for our faith. Perhaps even in the workplace, etc. Um, but we want to persevere to until the end. So we need your graces to uh, to be able to to do that. Uh, we know that the Christian life is not always an easy one, and uh, we need your grace uh, to accomplish that. So um, we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. As always, I welcome you to email me your questions and comments at jhcatholicbible at gmail.com. And until next time, I look forward to your joining us again on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study.